Here at Hutton Orbital, dignitaries from across near space are gathering for an evening of pomp, pageantry and celebration. Earl Psychokow of Wansey, King Eleanor, Citizen Lenin, all dressed in their finery are here to witness the ennoblement of two of our own. As the couple take the steps towards the dais, Alvin wags appreciatively and offers one paw graciously. Both of them take the paw before Alvin nudges a figure at his side. His adjutant, Snoz, hands him a treat. From his other side, an older gentleman in tweed steps forward carrying a sword. I say, it's my very great pleasure to confer upon you, you glorious pair of snuckers, the order of the mug, for the mug, the gift of some land, and of course, a title. I thought this was the cue for the buffet. Shush, and stand up straight. I'd let you in on a little secret. My sporran's got a hip flask in it. Dutch courage. Totally part of the ceremony, of course. We've been preparing for hours. As Cecil raises the sword, Lou takes one more step forward to be within reach. On behalf of Alvin, he's also fluffy and very generous, and under the stern gaze of my darling Lael, I name thee Lord and Lady's Knockers. Just as he lowers the sword, Lou trips on his gown and pitches head first forward. Ouch, that hurt. Oh dear, you've got red on you. I'm terribly sorry, old chap. I, I, I don't suppose there's a medic in the audience, is there? Look, I'm sure Nurse Wyatt can attach that back again. Won't even leave a scar. Well, um, looking at it, maybe a small one. Oh, Lou, you are clumsy. Sorry, dear. I feel a little faint. Think I'm going to pass out now. As he collapses, leaking vital fluids and missing at least one part of his anatomy... A voice from elsewhere in the room says, Medic! Your mics are live. Good evening, everyone. We have decided to take over a little. By we, he means him and me. We've lined up the other presenters and handed them some words. So, on with the news. Maestro, a big bong, please. A right royal pair of snockers. Asgar missing mix-up solved by grammar pedants. Spider-Man, turn the tables. Hot mess in Science Shocker. Petrus 5060s distracted by the Thargoids. Lord Lou's views on the infrastructure news.
and the Duchess is giving everyone a darn good mugging. First tonight, small accidents and limb loss aside from earlier in the show, we're delighted to announce that Hutton has its own royalty. No, not profit shares from all the mugs being sold as part of the hot mess. We mean the other kind. Yes, Lou and Norma Snockers have been given honorary titles. Lord Lou Snockers of Dangley, with his own office at Savonian de Brazza Hub, and the Duchess Norma Snockers of Droops FLP D5-0, a system with a lovely Earth-like hangout that's devoid of population and perfect for her inner naturist. Uh, I'm sorry, I'll read that again. Naturalist. Oops, sorry. Anyway, um, congratulations oh, uh, to both of them on being lifted out of peasantry and up to the lofty heights of the nobility. As a confirmed cooperative and therefore definitely some kind of hippie benevolent dictatorship, all truckers are equal, but some truckers are more equal than others. As the scholar says, Quator pedes sunt bonum, duobus cruribus mala. We are hoping that their noblesse obligé doesn't go to their heads and we'll be trying to keep them well grounded, if necessary, by asking them to move to Canada. As the Hutton resident grammar president, you can stop laughing, I clearly said pedant, not peasant. Sorry. As Hutton's resident grammar president, it's my duty to keep abreast of the terrible abuse of the English language and another one, uh, and a number of other ones. I'm a polyglot. I speak English, bad English, hungry dog, and GSL. Fresh from public protests and effigy burning regarding the absence of an octopus comma from the Federation's latest commemorative coin, it appears that apostrophes are once again causing trouble. A battle has been brewing between the residents of the Asgard system and that of Asgard's the apostrophe is silent, but it's there. It's it turned out that the Asgard system has been mistaken for its namesake in the hot mess Hutton Helper directory and has been thoroughly mugged. The population's tendency to suffer from cucumberitis, auto-cucumberitis or suffering mods has now vanished. The residents of Asgard, though that's the one with the apostrophe, are sorely neglected and have got their inverted comma in a twist as they've all got the lurgy and no one's been paying them a visit. This is an appeal to any Hutton commanders who discover systems that are plagued by silent apostrophes. While we don't condone restaurants who put, the put apostrophes on their chips, we'd love you all to go and cure them of mods. Starting with Asgar, the one with. Next week, I'll be using the sentence, the Pleiade contains the Thargoids, Simoof and Cow. And the alternative sentence, Cubicle 3 contains the Thargoids, Simoof and Cow to explain why the Oxford Commodore keeps you from getting into big trouble. Spider-Mind Systems, the premier head of light entertainment for the galaxy, have turned the tables on the trolls quite literally this week. Still reeling from the positively punitive and patently prohibitive punishment they took at the hands of a suspected troll related to the wholly legitimate publishing of Battles Without Lasers, later renamed to Battle Cards, they stepped into their latest venture by inventing something something no one had ever thought of before. A table. Not just any table, but a table for your table. 
Tabletop gaming will never be the same again as your tabletop tabletops your standard tabletop and stops your standard tabletop game from being ruined by topple tipple washing over your top. Standing on cute little legs, the level up lifts the level up a little so you can place your board on board and keep the tabletop that's under for things you don't want on the top. Sales of this mind-bendingly great product have gone through the roof, and not just because people have been stacking them. On target to raise the game of anyone investing by at least a few inches. There are rumors that due to the success, they're investing in a new distribution megaship and staff with particularly slobbery tongues to lick all the stamps. Well done, Spider-Mind. We can't wait to see your next cunning invention and bets have been placed on whether it's under underpants or over overcoats it certainly sits nicely alongside the 21st century upgrade of going out to going out out. In an unexpected turn of events, the hot mess mission, which on the face of it appears to be a truly ridiculous use of everyone's time, has actually proven to be useful. First, it turns out that the crowdsourced data on the galaxy has great big black holes in it. Stations aren't as they appear. Some of them don't even exist anymore. Or if they do, they don't like actually buying things from you. Others hadn't remembered to do any marketing at all. And no one knew that they were desperate for crop machinery or booze. No one ever actually having been there. Hutton's Code Hamsters, led by Chief Hamster Wrangler Enterius Fusion, have devised a cunning update to the Hutton Her Helper, which actually fixes other people's databases automatically. So, it doesn't just help Hutton, but helps Hutton help everyone else. What's more, with the Aurora Australis doing mug deliveries on Earth, they've taken to using their time productively. Not content with just lobbing boys off the back of the vessel into frozen seas, a ritual that I understand goes back to the days of Blackbeard and Anne Bonny and their regular dissatisfaction with younger male members of their crew, they've actually been towing the Planetary Science Scanner, or PSS, behind the ship, taking the temperature, it's ruddy cold, and sampling whale song identifying the few remaining individuals and trying to work out whether that sound is the citation for Steve was here. Side by side with the PSS is the CPR or Continuous Plankton Recorder. It looks for all the world like a large pasta machine where plankton go in one end, get formaldehyded and turned into sticky ribbons and then get studied extensively. Unfortunately, the plankton pasta doesn't like bumping into sea ice, so they had to bring the machine back in. If only this kind of science was available in space, towing boys behind ships, sampling space particles, and listening out for the warblings of passing Thargoids. And then, of course, there's the Gnosis. They're bored. There aren't any mysteries anymore. So they've taken to experimenting on things. Each time we drop them a mug, 
they mysteriously subject it to destructive testing, which we're sure is actually code for... Whoops, I dropped it again. Can I have another one, please? It's okay. We've sent Cometborn back with more. Anyway, this is Commander Wotherspoon. Happy to be bringing you a little science this week. Good evening, truckers. Atrus5060 reporting in with the latest updates on the Thargoid War. After I returned to the Pleiades, a call from Operation IDA, or is it Operation Ida? Anyway, it went out to defend Malthus Terminal in Pleiades Sector HRWD1-41. Hackswing deployed its pilots to fight alongside Operation IDA, or maybe Operation Ida, and its allies. After a week of hard fighting, we managed to destroy over 9,000 Thargoid scouts and over a hundred interceptors, saving the station. Hooray! Commander Zane Till of Operation... Well, that one, Ida, Ida, I don't know, has issued a statement of gratitude. That's lovely of him to Hackswing. And the truckers, happy to know that even while we save the galaxy from mods, we're still doing our part to defend the mug and humanity. Unfortunately, the Thargoids were able to damage Titan's daughter in Taygitter again. Sal Prospect in Limbas and Can Relay in Evangelis and place HIP 16813 under incursion. Combat zones have been sighted in these systems and AXI, I'm not going to call it AXI, is coordinating the attack to lift these incursions, continuing their work to assist in the galactic recovery from these attacks. Boo! Operation. Ida, Ida, Ida has moved on to repairing Agricola Ascent in Pleiades Sector DL-YD65. Have you all been taking notes? After successfully repairing Cheryl Orbital, she's lovely, in Hacky and Boosh Orbital in Sferatia. Our brethren truckers have also had a setback in their Pleiades operations, experiencing infrastructure failure at Malthus Terminal, one of three refineries in the Pleiades. Help can be provided by delivering power generators, water purifiers and HE suits to the station to bring its refineries back online so that Operation Ida, Ida, Operation Ida can continue their work unhindered. I would have an update on Eagle Eye this week. However, at the time of transmission of this report, we're not sure if Eagle Eye is actually working properly. Cannon Boffins are deploying tinfoil to the Eagle Eye installations to see if coating them in shiny wrapper will fix the problem. There are rumours, however, that Aegis has forgotten to pay their internet service provider again. Naughty, naughty. Stay on the lookout for any updates from Hackswing Command or Cannon for this week's targets. For now, truckers, it's back to blowing up more scouts for me. Good luck out there. For the mug, P.S., I haven't heard if you got my Christmas card or not. 
Incoming encrypted transmission. Decrypting. Decryption complete. Stand by for a message from Hexcom Actual. Well done, Hexwing. We successfully defended Malthus Terminal from direct Thargoid attack. However, we do have four other systems now under incursion. We're going to continue our focus on defending the Pleiades. Combat pilots, start combat operations in Tegeta. Once Tharg has been cleared from Tegeta, move on to HIP 16813. Rescue pilots, only Titan's daughter in Tegeta requires evacuation operations in the Pleiades. Remember that clearing out the evacuees causes Tharg to lose interest in the fight, so everyone you pull from the station directly helps our combat operations. If you are fighting in the Witchhead sector, Limbus and Evangelist systems have active incursions. One warning in Evangelist. We have reports of issues with the IFF system on the Aegis megaship Savior JB-18. If you fire within the no-fire zone of the Savior, it will mark you with fines. Be careful out there. One other note. Report any weird behavior you see from people. With the breakdowns reported at Malthus and the funny behavior of the Savior's IFF system, I'm worried we may have Thargoid sleeper agents in our midst. Tharg must be doing something with all those people from those escape pods. Alright, keep your eyes on the signal sources, and always stay ready to defend the mug. Hexcom message complete. Defend the mug. Encrypted transmission complete. In a hugely bold move, an emissary of the <coughs> mighty Federation declared and then withdrew from what we believe to be the shortest war of the 34th century, or possibly any century. Milky Singer, name changed for diplomatic reasons, declared that the Federation should claim its rightful systems, starting with those closest to Sol. The closest, as we all know, being Alpha Centauri, home of our glorious fluffy leader Alvin de Fier, and his faithful sidekick Snoz, and of course, the Mug. Mug! This declaration was spotted and replied to by the message board's response group Silence and Suppress Saboteurs, or Hot Sass, who made it clear that any such attempt would be met with a very huge wall of mugs. Mug! mug! For the mug. mug! Mug! Obviously, once we finish delivering them to every station, of course. Enough megagin to drown a small planet and repeated invitations to join us. He also pointed out that his ridiculous comment of honestly, who would fly to Hutton Orbital referred to the truckers and faced with that kind of insane dedication to the mug. The mug! Mug! mug. The chances of success were slim indeed. The original decoration was, at this point, removed. Well, I suspect it was the threat of a large fleet of Type 9s, all with their cargo hatches open and a trucker's naked arse hanging from it flying slowly through his home system that finished it, and all is well again. Now, we know the dastardly Don is not happy. He has been attempting to distract us from our mission to prevent mods in any way he can. First, it was by closing commodities markets. 
then by flying scarlet crates and other such ships in ways that dropped us out of witch space. And now he's manipulating Galbuk to force Hot Coal into an election with Colonia Cooperative. What his plans are in Tyr, we don't know for sure, but what we do know is Alvin is displeased. If you're in Colonia or can get there, please work hard for both Hot Coal and Colonia Citizens Network. We need to open a gap between us and Colonia Cooperative without catching up with our friends in CCN. In the bubble, our infrastructure failed to fail. Clearly, we can haul food and machinery as well as... No, I'm not going to say it. And we staved off this debilitating state so we can all go back to our assigned missions and enjoy the rest of the week. Over to the judges. Thank you. This week, the galaxy is showing absolutely no initiative at all, which means it's up to Flossie to tell you what to do. She's going to do that a bit later. To fill in the blanks, it's high time that I told you what everyone else is up to at the moment. The fuel rats have gone all palindromic and have now completed 686 rescues. Remember everyone, they've got fuel, you don't. If you need them, just put up the rat signal. Canon Interstellar's teams are still arguing about whether there are signals hidden in things and trying to understand the Guardian Exiles ruins. They've still not found Raxler. Oh, and the Gnosis appears to be heading for the Neutron Highway. Remember, if you find something exciting out there, you can always go and get in touch with them at canon.science on the Galweb. Take biscuits and tinfoil as a boffin offering. Talking of biscuits, the bizarre cult Ed38 appears to have come out of the woodwork and started being active again. We're not sure what their hibernation pattern is, but all we know is that they're awake and hungry. Palcon, the Palladian Consortium, is announcing the next event of the Paladin Games and is excited to open up the event to all their allies. They're bringing you to the famous Sandy Ring track for a special SRV race. Strap in as you dive into Papa's Crack and race against pilots from Paladin Consortium and our honoured guests. Will you choose a gentle slope of smooth wipe or a quicker and rougher saw pass on your way to victory? They have multiple racing slots to accommodate all those who are interested. Join them on Friday the 31st of January or Saturday 1st of February and win for your house. Details on the Paladin Consortium Discord channel or Hutton Facebook page. There's been no sign of, of those rotters over at the SDD or code for a while and the EDF appear to be behaving themselves in our area. The Grom lot also appear to be dormant at the moment, but I wouldn't recommend poking them with a stick just in case they're grumpy. All in all, apart from Hutton and the AXI team, it's very quiet out there. Too quiet. It worries me. Anyway, I took the initiative and that's it from me. There will be more from Flossie later. Just half an hour. I'm off for afternoon tea on the lawns of Truckingham Palace, don't you know? It's over at Van Man Star. Toodle pip!
And that was the news. Coming up next, we've got a bit of a chat. Then me. And then Book's Top Trucker. However, as usual, there's a theme to try and catch Litter Breaker out. If you're paying attention, you might get your guesses read out on air. Palanty is not here, so if you're sending guesses, send them to Vantian. So, first tonight, just because we're sad that we don't have our cow and Harry Balzac, it's The Nightlife Blues by North Down. And we're back. Yes, hello, good evening, and welcome everybody to Hutton Orbital Live from Studio 5 here over at a very, very busy orbital. There have been ships coming and going and I mean, all sorts of going going on, but we are joined in the studio by a, a, a collection of presenters. Now, we, we don't have our cow and we don't have our palantir with us this week, but we do have a couple of guest voices who were live on the show last week as well. We've got Commander Wotherspoon. Good evening. Good evening. Sir. Good evening. And we have Snoz. Good evening. And, of course, we've got Flossie. Good evening. And Amelia. Hello. And the Dead Meat GF. Oh, God, oh, I'm feeling old. <laughs> You're feeling old. Oh, we'll we start with, with, with you, Squire. Have you had uh, a very celebratory week this week? I've had the most incredible week, yes. As I mean, some we, of we, you may know. Yeah, we, we did catch up with you at the weekend. <clears throat> yes, Would you indeed. Would you Thanks like to, to fill my... our listener in with, with any shenanigans you're allowed to broadcast about your weekend? Um, well, I was shoehorned into a, a small party where uh, my daughter had arranged for a number of people from my life, including a rather surprisingly large number of truckers, uh, and uh, to celebrate me getting increasingly old. Yes, and it was it was held up in your your native derby. It was it's the the club of the egg shakers. Shakers, um, having egg having chasers. played a match earlier in the day, indeed, which I'm still sore from. <laughs> <laughs> right, and, and did 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 you win? No, unfortunately not. No, no. Oh. But uh, the the young ladies that I coached travelled quite a long way over to uh, the good old territory belonging to Frontier and Special Effect and beat their local team quite re- quite roundly and then came back to join us oh that's all right and uh, yeah i mean we we uh, a bunch of us came up and joined you in fact a whole pile of hutton truckers sent you hollow me images as well because they were very sad they couldn't make it and that was, we embarrassed that was absolutely you th- wonderful to look at <laughs> yeah, yes. embarrassed you thoroughly <coughs> yes but so i didn't cry you, we tried so hard to break you. I very thought, nearly cried. Yeah, we did. Oh, we gave you a letter to read out, and we thought that you know we, we'll get there about two thirds of the way through it. And you obviously hadn't had enough beer by that point, and you you held it together. There, there were two two points where I was d- deep breath, large swallow, carry on. But yes, it was it was absolutely beautifully written and well crafted. And I'm very proud of not quite failing. Yeah, well, that, that's okay then. And of course, you singularly succeeded in drinking a yard of ale. Drinking? Yes, well, sipping. Sipping, sipping a yard. It's, it's a new, I, new technique. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a yard of ale sipped that quickly in my life. No, I have never done that before and I will never do it again. <laughs> well, If I well, get another one, I will just pour it over myself. And, and of course, you've been sent on a number of missions by uh, by Alvin this year. But yeah, happy birthday from all of us once again, and from our listener. 
Um, it was great fun to go up there. It was lovely to see all the fellow Hutton truckers. And I believe that you and Commander Snoz ended up chatting until, what was it, about 5.45 in the morning? That's right. Yes. Yeah, about then. And then again, after breakfast as well. <laughs> well, yes, yes. But it was absolutely lovely to see you and um, a great time was had by all. Commander, it was marvellous to have everyone there. Yeah, was was uh, with with the night shift staying up into the wee small hours as well. Yes, indeed. Um, but yeah, well, it was it the, was uh, it was good fun. It was definitely uh, a good laugh. Just uh, we need a few years to you know recover from that one. I think. I'll yes, well, be happy then, to do it again next week. Well, <clears throat> we'll next, next who, time we t- next time we have to get Flossie to play uh, cards against humanity with the rugby guys because they will be. <laughs> They were they were raucous that lot. Yes. Were, she'd make them blush. She'd make them blush certainly. Yeah, there was. And there if was any, much... if any of the ladies are listening, which I'm sure they're not, but just in case, they really cannot sing. <laughs> no, no, they were very loud at the singing, and um, you think the language you use on this radio show is not suitable for public broadcast? Well, that was truly something else. <laughs> there was. They were... They were so loud, my hearing aid got knocked out, and Alvin hid under the nearest table. There were some oh, yeah. words. Alvin had his paws over his ears at one point, yes. I'm sure there were some words I'd never heard before. This is quite possible, <laughs> yes. I, yes. Could, I couldn't possibly comment. Yeah. Anyway, and um, well, it's, it's been a it's been a busy old week over at Hutton. Obviously, we're sat here at the orbital, watching out the window, and there are there are ships coming and going and loading and um, all sorts of shenanigans with the pirates. But um, I think Flossie's going to bring us some really big updates later on the the numbers behind things. But I mean, it's going incredibly well. I mean, the 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 amount of stations that have mugged so far is is absolute madness. Um, we're getting messages. We've we've come to the attention of Reddit as well, um, with people saying this sounds stupid. I'm in, um, and all over the forums as well. Some some wonderful messages from people saying, you know, I'd put the game away, I'd put the spaceship away, but I'm back because this is stupid, and that's exactly what we like. And then one person complaining that oh well, the community's having to come up with their own ideas now is because there aren't any. Well. <laughs> Miserable old goat. That's the only... There's always negative. one. Yep. Um, we've yeah. had a load remind of updates. Me, remind me of the, the definition of sandbox again. <laughs> yes, that's, that's, that's where it, it all gets under your rim of your shorts and gets sore. Isn't it? You can get cream for it that. It is. Yep. Mm. Um, anyway, but we've um, also, as part of the Hot Mess event, had a load of updates through from the um, the team on the Aurora Australis as well. Uh, they've been um, giving us a few updates on the capabilities of the vessel. Um, let me just see if I can find that one as well. I might I might have it somewhere handy. Um, but we did ask them, what are they up to at the moment? So they started off, uh, they launched from Tasmania at about the same time as we launched the Hot Mess event. And they're heading south to Mawson and Davis, which are two of Australia's science bases in Antarctica. They're going to be doing some science en route. They're doing some science when they're down there, as mentioned by Commander Wotherspoon earlier in the show. And yes, they do have their CPR, their continuous plankton recorder recording, lobbed out the back of the vessel. And yes, they are measuring whale song, and um, they have confirmed that they can actually identify individual whales by the pattern of their song as well now, so they can recognise individuals when they're on the trip as well, and uh, whales that they do know about. So there's some pretty heavy science equipment over there. They've got um, a bunch of 
um, people doing a um, what is it, computer graphics fellowship down with them, and they have a lidar. Do you know what a lidar is, Peter? You know what lidar is. It sounds a bit like radar. It's laser imaging. There we go. Okay. Yes, it's a laser imaging piece of kit because this is the final voyage of the Aurora Australis, um, Australia's only icebreaker. They are taking a hut and mug with them to cure everybody of mods, but it's the final voyage. So the, the graphics fellowship team are actually recording every single aspect of the journey from the people, the equipment, the clothing they wear and the ship itself uh, for posterity as is its, its last mission. Are they going to so put it into a computer game? Well, well, they're going to put it into something that we'll be able to have a look at and, and have a look around, certainly afterwards. We'll have to talk to Commander Dog's Breath, who is the mission leader, um, because um, he will be able to tell us what's happening to it afterwards. Hmm. Someone's telling the mug. Yeah, the really, mug. When it, well, yeah. I mean, you, I've, I've pasted a couple of, um, a couple of Twitter links into, into the Twitch chat, and I can't help noticing that there's something in common between the two. Well, do you mean there's a mug in every single one? There's a mug. Yes. Um, so mission leader, Commander Dog's Breath, um, um, Commander Cow actually about, must have been about eight months ago when we started planning this, um, shipped them a pair of hut mugs, one gold and one silver, with a view to the two mugs being taken down to the Antarctic, curing the station of mods, um, being signed by the mission team down there, having taken lots of pretty photographs, um, and then coming back to civilization. And then actually being auctioned off for charity, um, as signed by the team who were down in the Antarctic, as the mugs that have had the biggest adventure in the galaxy. That's a long way for them to go. <laughs> Not many people get to go to Antarctica, so I'm kind of jealous of those mugs. Yes, I mean, the, the pictures we've had by so far... I'm just um, looking through some of the messages. Um, they, they put a, a SITREP, a situation report, out every single day, which is very factual. But every single day they've been sending us uh, pictures. And they've also been tweeting all over the internet with Amy, who's the deputy mission leader, um, undertaking science with a gold mug in her hand. Um, I know they did get retweeted by one David Braben. Um, who was uh, dead chuffed that science was going on with a ridiculous mug. He actually said, love the mug as well. Yes. Rather cool, that, I thought. It, yeah, it, I'm not it, sure yeah. if that was an exclamation or an instruction. Yeah. Now, here we go. I've actually got the report. definitely. So we, we did ask um, Commander Dog's Breath about the capabilities of his uh, Moray Starboat that they were piloting. They're all, you know, how did it compare to the ships he's used to flying? Um, and he says he thinks it's about on par with a Type 7. Initially, he was thinking Type 6, but the capacity for fuel and cargo is way too high. They actually carry a million litres of marine gas oil for the ship, um, up to a million litres of special Antarctic blend fuel for the station they're resupplying, 200 MTs of cargo, and up to 116 passengers, which is way too much for a Type 6. They do have an SLF bay. They carry four AS350B helicopters with them to Antarctica. So they do have ship-launched um, science vessels. I won't say fighters. Um, and they bring them back every single year And they because they don't have a rebuild option. Uh, their preference is not to crash them or get them shot down in the first place. As far as their SRVs go, they sail with a range of toys. They've got a fast response craft, which is a pretty cool tool. It deploys in 90 seconds flat and does 35 knots used for emergencies. They've got a couple of inflatable rubble boats and an 11-ton jet bar. Barge. I'm loving the sound of an 11-ton jet barge. 
Um, apparently, it carries all the cargo ashore, and the IRBs provide SAR, um, something in recovery, I'd imagine, and do passenger transfers. transfers. Um, they also carry an ROV, a remote-operated vehicle, and an AUV. I have no idea what an AUV is, but they also you have a, uh, a set of drones, so they've got their own... Um, um, ones of those little buzzy ones they have around stations buzzing around and apparently because they're much cheaper than a helicopter when somebody blows them up um, the record they've had on board of those was ooh, uh, record number was six a few years ago they had to medevac a passenger from Auckland Islands to Invercargill in New Zealand um, and we're using the helicopters and all sorts um, to go and rescue people so they do do rescue missions uh, the Aurora itself is 95 metres long 20 metres wide and displaces 8,000 MTs, metric tons, about 11,000 fully laden and ballasted. Uh, they have two power plants, not the one that we get, but they've got two, and a single and a single thruster through a mechanical gearbox. Uh, they consume 22,000 litres of fuel a day uh, on the V12 and 25,000 on the V16 and 30,000 litres if they run both engines, which is... That's an outrageous amount of fuel. Makes my car look really efficient. Um, they say the hull and hull reinforcements are interesting, though, for an icebreaker. It is actually only about 25 mil thick at the front where it hits ice, which, given the size of the icebergs we've seen, is really small. But um, that's a single skin. But behind the single skin, they've got a sealed tank filled with water to give it some mass. The rest of the hull is thinner but double-skinned, and they put water ballast between the two to give it a bit of... Um, well, it's not solidity, but you know what I mean, mass to it, I suppose. A bit of oomph when it hits the ice. A, a, a bit of oomph. He says it's probably the equivalent of reinforced alloy, not quite up there with the Russian icebreakers and their military-grade alloy hulls. Multi-crew, of course, is fully capable on this vessel. They have 23 on board, a captain, four officers. Uh, one is an extra to assist with position holding. Uh, eight integrated ratings to all the deck work. Five engineers, three cooks, and three stewards. That's obviously not including all the science staff that are going to be on there as well. And he has been sending mugshots. They've now reached sea ice, so they are patrolling through floating sea ice, not just icebergs, but it's all around them. And tomorrow, I understand, they're going to be arriving at their first base to mug it thoroughly. So there you go. That's the report on Hot Mess from the Aurora Australis. I do like the idea of these AUVs, um, which are autonomous underwater vehicles, which means that you can chuck them in the water and they'll go paddling off by themselves. A bit like a Guardian Sentinel or one of those little errols you get at the uh, Thargoid bases. And they'll go off and sort of do their own thing and then come back again and report back on what they found. Well, yeah, they've been doing a lot of science while they're out there. And I, I'm hoping people are interested in this because I'm really excited by what they're up to. It, it's It's been an eye-opener what they get up to down there. Um, we've got notes on their, their CPR, the Continuous Plankton Recorder as well, because um, it doesn't like being towed through ice. It got retrieved back onto the vessel. It's a, a big metal box with fins on the back, and they drag it, they drag it through the ocean 100 metres below the surface. And um, then a propeller on the back drives a couple of reels of fine mesh in a cassette. And anything that comes in through the little hole in the tip is sandwiched between the mesh and wound onto a roller, which is the bit that looks like a, a pasta roller. It's then stored in formaldehyde, and they get a record of all the plankton and phytoplankton along their track. Um, they are 
currently contemplating whether they're going to pick up their acoustic whale mooring. Um, they've got a, a microphone in a really watertight box hooked up to a memory card, and then they moor it about a thousand metres, a whole kilometre under the ocean with a big block of concrete. And that records all the whale songs in the Southern Ocean because they travel an awful long way. Um, the batteries in it actually last a couple of years, and they collect it by parking above it, and they ping an acoustic signal through the water, which causes the mechanism to trigger, and then the floats attach the box, allow it to rise to the surface, and then they can pick it up again. It's all very, very clever stuff. Um, with a couple of these moorings, they, they count and monitor the movement of whales throughout the Southern Ocean, and they can actually identify individual whales by their distinct voices. So there you go. There's all the science that they're up to with the monks on board. So with just one or two of these boys, they can hear every whale in the South Atlantic. They can certainly pick up, well, I, the detail of it, I understand they can they can pick up a huge range because whale song travels an awful long way and these are very sensitive pieces of equipment. I'd have to ask Commander Dog's Breath. Um, if anybody, I mean, we're talking sensible questions. If anybody's got any questions they want us to ping over to the ship or anything they really want to know about the, the science and the journey, um, I'll pick uh, a few sensible ones and maybe a few fun ones and send it over to the team there. Um, but we are planning on on seeing the mug ashore in the next 24 hours. On Antarctica. On Antarctica, yep. That's wow. cool. Which is just, it's very cool. It's its jolly it's cool. Freezing cool. Yes. But they're wearing big warm woolly coats indoors. Cool. What, the mugs are? Oh, the, the mugs aren't. Uh, we have been a bit concerned that the mugs have been precariously balanced on bits of ship with icebergs floating by. And, you know, the, the possibility of smashy mug... Well, I was thinking any... more about the iceberg being broken by the mug, to be honest. Think of all that heavy scrap metal. Well, yeah, they could be lobbed at them to get the low-temperature diamonds out of them. Mm. But the, the the pictures are available. I think Commander Wotherspoon has posted up a couple of the Twitter messages. on the In the forum, under the Hot Mess event, we've actually also been logging a load of photographs on the voyage. So if you want to see these huge icebergs and pictures of the trip, they're also up in the forum thread over on the official Frontier forums. Um, sometimes hidden behind spoiler tags, but if you page through it, um, you'll see loads of the pictures from the team on board. It's all very exciting! Anyway, I almost wish I was there. Almost. So do I. <laughs> he's horrible <laughs> he is he's mean to me so there we go that's that's that bit of the mission now i've got something in my notes here um now who knows about um the 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 gentleman who's been doing all those wonderful ship schematics i don't is know somebody able to tell us about him well so it's not just me talking we know anthony hunt don't we uh yeah, anthony hunt ac hunt Commander AC Hunt, yes, um, does some absolutely amazing uh, ship schematics. They're normally a blueprint, so they're white um, lines on a blue background. And he did a whole book of them for ECM last year, um, which went in into the raffle. Um, they're abs absolutely gorgeous. Um, but he is now raising money um, to keep keep the 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 the, the I production the, going the production going yes that's right i've just posted into the uh, twitch chat um the twitter um notes that he he posted but he's also put on facebook yeah um, i mean he, we 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 do approve of this one normally people sort of you know go go fund me for for their own entertainment so it's a little bit iffy you know we do support the charity ones in this case though he has done so much for the community i mean he gives these things out he mm. customizes them and all sorts and he has been so generous to the entire elite community over the years right. and he's uh, needs to replace his his software 
Right. That so he the draws w- them all with. So the way this goes, basically... I've popped the, okay. I've popped the link in the, twi- in the Twitch chat as well. Well, thank you very much. So he operates the Elite Dangerous blog as a hobby. He gives away all the materials he creates. That's all fine and dandy. He's not charging for any of the materials he produces, any of the, the, the charts he produces. However... However, he does need to buy Coral Draw Pro. I actually use Corel Draw myself, um, and it is an incredibly expensive piece of software. It's about six hundred pounds. Um, so he is wanting at least a pound for everyone who uses his charts. If if you if you have a pound to donate, if you can offer more, that's that's fabulous. If you if you don't have the money, that's fine too. But if you do donate a pound or more, you will get a full PDF of all the ship blueprints and if you i think he said he was actually potentially going to customize them with you or or was he doing or was he doing for five pounds for five pounds he will do a personalized um blueprint with with your ship and commander name um so you could hang that on the wall in a beautiful frame and but he's not making any profit out of this and he's he's um i think you know he does so much work it was only right of us to share his uh, gofundme on this one absolutely I, i have to say i've i do have some of his pdfs and they are worth a lot more than a pound. They are absolutely beautiful. I agree. I agree. To actually yeah. have a personalised one for a fiver is incredible. Mm-hmm. And Alvin yep. improved as well. So yeah, good, good luck to him. And I think his his um, GoFundMe is uh, is going really well. And, and strength to his arm. Right, uh, Amelia. There's another note in here. Yes. As a th- as a thank you message, would you like to pass on our thank you message? Yes, the Eighth Dragon Squadron would like to thank Commander. Izemen for mugging all the stations in Patakuda. Yes, that goes with a lot of the groups that have been sending us messages from Canon and the Fuel Rats, and I think the Fatherhood messaged us, and a whole pile of player groups have been looking after their own systems, reducing the amount of work the main truckers have to do as well. So, um, yeah, thank you to Commander Izemen, and thank you to all those people joining in. Flossie's going to give us a few details in a minute. Do do we have anything else we want to raise this week? ECM. ECM. EC- oh, I nearly forgot. Yes, ECM, the Elite Community Meet. It's well, like- we're doing really, really well. It's exciting. It's so um, exciting. So the venue has been secured. We're getting raffle prizes, donations coming in from all sorts of commanders, um, including people who are etching things, making things, drawing things, and all sorts. We've also got some uh, a big bundle of donated goodies courtesy of Special Effect and their supporters who've given Commander Snoz. Uh, how much of your car did it take up? All of it. All of it. <laughs> there is a huge bundle of, of goodies that, um, and this is is not from Special Effect, but it's from all the other supporters. Um, so all the other sort of companies and organisations involved and um, backers of Special Effect. Yeah, there's lots of really really good stuff there. I can't be really at the moment because uh, that would kind of spoil the surprise. But there's loads of stuff, and some of their supporters, it's been a ridiculous the amount of kit they've got from torch people that they're having to give it away to hospitals and that sort of thing. That's just how much uh, special effects are loved. So it's been really good to get actually uh, for them to actually help donate to the raffle for us. And um, HCS Voice Packs have spoken to a few of their um, their voices, and they've had them sign a, a sign and frame a set of photographs. So these aren't prints of signatures; these are actually hand signed by the various individuals um, who do their voice packs. So who is it? Oh, I'd have to call that one up. Hang on a second. Let's have a. Is there a Tom Baker? There would be. Paul Darrow. 
here we go. No, no, we haven't. We have got John Delancey. We've got Eden Vick. Ooh. We've got William Ooh. Shatner. We've got Tom Baker, Brian Blessed, and uh, Marina Sirtis have all signed one specially for us. And they do know that these are going in for this particular event, and we thank them enormously for their support. Um, I believe wow. HCS are... They're not going in the raffle. Those ones are actually, I think, being auctioned with the proceeds going to the two charities, Hearing Dogs and Special Effect as well. Yeah, so if you want to see them, go to HCS's stand and they'll have all the details, and they'll have the prizes there, so it's them rather than the raffle, as David says. But, 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 but that's not it. That's not the, all of it. In the raffle, we had a message from Amelia. Yes. Some people you know have, have thrown things at us as well. Yes, um, Mongoose Publishing. Um, that's mongoosepublishing.com, in fact. Uh, they are donating traveller goodies and uh, Sea of Thieves. Ooh. Oh, that <laughs> sounds awesome. And, and um, they, they're sending a, a special ambassador along with you as well, potentially <laughs> to introduce and, and host. Well, no, I'm, game? I'm dragging her along with me. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. But, she but doesn't you... have a say in the matter. Oh, fine. Have you, well, have you been honest about what we like, Amelia? No, and I'm not going to be honest until you actually meet him. <laughs> Wise move. Yes, I thought yep. so. But well, thank you very much to Mongoose, and thank you very much, Amelia, for bringing us along. Um, now, there are lots of people at Top Secret that we can't mention anything about, but we do know that Commander Atrus 5060 will be there in person. Oh, wow. Excellent. And we don't, um, we don't know what he looks like. Though. We'll get to find out what he sounds like. We know what he sounds like. Oh. He's on every single week. He just, yes, never in person was <laughs> sent in yeah, yeah. but um and and our very own rex bottoms as well will be back and joining us on the stage apparently yay so we, we do have a, a live version of this show um going out in the evening uh, mr cow says um he's uh, thinking about running one of his um pub quizzes theme yet undecided and yeah. of course there are all the people bringing computers and things to do with them so we we put up a message earlier saying right we need a couple of projectors for the the, the stand-up multiplayer gaming bit you know a bit of mario kart and that kind of stuff on the stand-up sides and um we immediately had four projectors thrown at us um we asked for xboxes we've got xboxes we've got vr we've got commander blasted and his uh, full motion vr rig you sit in it and it's got full six degrees of movement so it lifts you doesn't just tilt you but it lifts you up and down as well and that runs on a, a pimax uh, vr headset i've seen videos of this thing the prototype came to ecm two years ago and he's now turned it into reality and this thing is a a marvelous work of engineering it's absolutely stunning um, and aside from that, um, Frontier are paying for lunch. They've sponsored the Ooh. lunch for us, and they're putting on lunch for everybody. I, I think it's looking like an indoor barbecue at the moment. Oh, <gasps> Thargoid Burgers? Maybe an indoor barbecue. It might just be sandwiches. We don't know. It's going to be nice and delicious. Oh, if it's barbecue, that's going to be out of this world. Awesome. I love barbecue. <laughs> well, we're, we're still finalizing that with the venue. And, of course, there will be evening food available. You can buy that yourselves. Can I just confirm that there yes. will be vegetarian and vegan options? We will be ensuring that the restaurants there are fully aware that we do need to look after our vegans and vegetarians. And um, uh, part of the booking process, if you do have any allergies and similar, please do put them when you book your tickets so that we can inform the restaurant and make sure we can cater for whatever people need. Or at least avoid the bad things. Hurrah. 
Well, so we look after everybody. Um, so it is £12.50, which is an absolute bargain. It's in Cambridge. It's on the 11th of April. Lots of us are going to be there. If, are we all going to be there? I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there. Commander Wotherspoon's there. Flossie, you're going to be there. Yes. And yes. Dead, dead Meat. Yes, indeed, I'll be there. You're going to be there. I so prob- to be honest, I probably won't have recovered from the half marathon, so I won't have even gone home by then. <laughs> oh, dear. So, in a way, you won't be there. But if you don't have wobbly legs when you turn up, you certainly will after the first beer. <laughs> but, yes, there'll be all sorts of people there. And, and um, segueing nicely on to the last bit before we go to Flossie, can, um, can Spider Mind. Oh, so, sorry, can I, can I just ask, uh, Tur- Turin's asking, where will we go once the venue closes? Uh, Black Ops. Ah. No, we have had one of the team already spoken to one of the two hotels that a lot of people are staying in. I think it's the Premier about whether they'd very kindly keep the bar open late for us. And they said yes. Oh, that's nice. And there's always Black Ops. Black Ops. What is Black Ops? Uh, Finding the local off licenses and I know where they are. Black Ops usually involves Cecil and his hip flask. Uh Aha, say no more. (laughs) Yep. Um, but yes, I mean, crikey, if you've all got the stamina, then I'm sure there'll be something late going on afterwards. We don't have to pack up until the next morning. Not fully. Obviously, anybody wants to take their computers away and put them somewhere safe. Absolutely fine. We have to be out of the building by midnight. Um, and then the next morning we can break down the rest of it. So we don't have to break everything down that same evening. It's going to be great fun. Cow is all very squee about it at the moment. He's not the only one. Yep. Um, we have, ooh, let's have a look, we're, we're a ridiculous amount of tickets, we're, we're over a hundred more than we had this time last year already sold. Um, let's have a look, we've got space left because it's a much bigger room than previous. It says 63 tickets left, what does that mean? That means that so far 137 of them have gone. So we're getting limited. Well, sort of. 200, we had 180 last year. 200 is what we're comfortable with at the moment. But obviously, we've got a big measuring tape and we're planning how much is going on and how much is physically in the space. We need to leave room for wheelchairs and people with mobility issues. So when we hit the 200, we're going to review it or get close to it. We're going to review it and ensure that we're not overcrowding the space and it is still comfortable and enjoyable for everybody. And we'll take a view. We know the venue can hold a lot more than that. We just need to be comfortable that everybody's happy with the space. So we can push it higher if we want. I think our ceiling, if we were to go beyond 250, it would be silly. Yeah. So there you go. I'm excited about that one. Anyway, um, I'm so excited. Yeah, um, Spider Mind will be there. Oh. As well. And this will they be bringing things? Smoothly on to the talk about what on earth happened on Kickstarter this week. Can somebody else, uh, Mr. Wotherspoon or or Mr. Snoz, want to give us well, a little update? It was, it was a bit, it was a bit incredible, actually, <laughs> because because Spider Spider Man, uh, they've been on this show and they told us about their level up, and the level up is a is a little table that goes on top of a table, and it lets you have your game somewhere above the drinks so they don't so the game doesn't get spilled upon and it provides you space to put on stuff underneath uh, well on I actually at, at this surface. at this juncture i'm going to interrupt you um yeah. the description that we had was perfect i think we need to hear it again 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> just just to see if Amelia's still got her teeth in. I thought I did it just fine the you first did perfectly, time, but, you but know. just in case, because it was a glorious little paragraph of not tripping over yourself. <laughs> okay, well, these tables are not just any table, but tables for your table. Tabletop gaming will never be the same again, as your tabletop tabletops your standard tabletop and stops your standard tabletop game from being ruined by topple to tipple, washing over your top. Standing on cute little legs, the level up lifts the level up a little, so you can place your board on board and keep the tabletop that's under for things you don't want on the top. Round of applause, <laughs> everybody. That's I'm, I'm so glad you asked to do that again. <laughs> Woo! Yes, awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. Yes, it, it is. It, it's it's a it's it's a table that goes on your table, but it lifts you. If you've ever played games that involve you know big maps and everything else, it gets a bit congested on your dining room table. Now, I've had a message from um, a, a family member over in America who's big into their gaming to say, "But our table's huge, and we've got loads of space." And so I, I blew raspberries at them. But for your standard table that you'd use for tabletop gaming. It just lifts everything up so you've got room underneath to stash things and you don't end up knocking all the pieces over all the time. And there are videos of the guys using it mm. and photos. One, one of the nice things about it is that it splits into little pieces so you can store it in a little bag and only bring it out when you need it. It doesn't use up a lot of space when you're storing it. And it's expandable. It See, is expandable. As an it's expandable average... upwards, though. I wonder if you can have a multi-story level up, one on top of another on top of another. <laughs> Stackable. See, as an avid tabletop gainer, I can't stress enough how awesome an idea this is. I'm surprised nobody had it sooner. It's just so simple and it will be so effective. It seems that an awful lot of people have exactly that reaction. Why didn't anybody think of this before? Um, the goal of this Kickstarter was £7,660. After three days, we are at £274,851, which is substantially past the goal. Oh, my uh, God. Who knew so many people needed tabletops for their tabletop? Who knew? Yes. Yeah, and all were concerned about, um, yes, t tipping some tipple over the tabletop. <laughs> Um, well, I, th I think it was uh, they were originally looking for was it about about two hundred packers, and they've got six thousand one hundred and fifty five so so far. So yeah, the, the the message we put out earlier about them needing a, a mega ship to actually um, store these things before delivery is is actually probably true. So, but it's... congratulations! It is so nice. They're such lovely guys. They've been on this show many many times. They've done the live show with us at LaveCon and at ECM. We played games yeah. against them. They are such a lovely team. And seeing yeah. them, they've helped success, out at ECM as oh. well. They're brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And they're going they've, to this ECM. They're going to be at ECM. They're going to be showing this off, bringing EDRPG and battle cards with them as well. That is mm. awesome. It'd be so nice to meet them. They will actually yeah. be hosting five tables worth of goodies. I think we're going to have four of the battle cards and one of EDRPG using the tabletop. Level up. Awesome. So, yes, but I mean, it's so nice to see, see such lovely people doing well. They had a real, they went through the complete ringer in the last couple of years, what with the um, the trolling that went on on the battle cards and the delays that weren't their fault. Um, they were absolutely squeaky clean. It was all legit and somebody rained on their parade and it, it took the shine off things. But um, it's lovely to see them having a little bit of success on this one. And, you know, fair play to them. Very well deserved yeah. as well. Yep. Right. That having been said, it's sort of time to go over to our favourite bit. 
I think. Uh, are you are you ready, Mr. Norm? Have you got Flossie's tune handy? It's Flossie. It's Flossie. It's Flossie. It's Flossie. And the community goes. Hello, Flossie here. This week's CCCG has reached Tier 3. Only seven more to go. The hot mess operation to deliver mugs to every station in the galaxy is doing well, with just over 30 and a quarter percent complete. That's nearly 17,000 stations done, now 5,500 systems declared mods free. Antarius has upgraded the Hutton Helper for PC commanders, showing you the nearest station that needs a good mugging and the website's got all sorts of useful tools on it. The biggest mess in the hot mess is Commander Montgomery Python with over 700 tonnes of mugs delivered, shortly followed by Doc Jack, who's also the fastest trucker this week, Cully and Vince Wind. They're part of 226 truckers doing their bit for the mug. There's great news from Antarius that the helper is now automatically reporting errors in the database and keeping everyone else's websites up to date with whether a station has a commodity market and even inserting ones that weren't discovered yet. Don't forget to keep an eye on Hutton as we end up in a state. If we end up in a state, we won't get any mugs and we'd have to fix that. Watch the message of the day in the squadron or on the Hutton Helper for more information if we need help. That's it from this week's Community Created Community Goal. Flossie told you what to do. As only Flossie can do with any star, it's time to shake our tail feathers and get down with the Pills Brothers. Well... This is the point in the show when we would normally do Galnet News Digest. The problem with doing Galnet News Digest is when there isn't any Galnet News, I can't digest it. So this week, this will be the first in a new series called Powerful People. What I've done is I've gone to Encyclopedia Galactica and I've opened it up and I've read the biographies of some of the notable people in the galaxy. And this week, I'm going to tell you all about Princess Ashling Duval. She could have been the emperor, fashion icon, brand ambassador for the colour blue, hairpiece denier, anti-slavery activist, alleged fascist sympathiser, despised enemy of Salome, and supplier of super-strength shields, 30-year-old Ashling Duval, the eldest child of Mad Prince Harold Duval and Imogen Eccentrica Gabrielini, an exotic entertainer, has been a staunch opponent of all forms of narcotic since she joined the Church of the Latter-day Saints, aged 16. 
frequently seen at the so delicious outlet near her magnificent palace on emerald in the semier system this upstanding member of the imperial family is believed to have developed her aversion to drugs on hearing how her mother died of an aneurysm related to a narcotics overdose very shortly after giving birth to the bouncing baby princess popular with her subjects the People's Princess was a strong contender to become the new Emperor on the death of Emperor Hengist. Her claim was dealt a blow when her father, Harold, was declared not of sound mind due to his dissolute lifestyle. Her claim foundered completely when Arissa Lavinia Duval revealed that she was Ashling's aunt having been sired during a bit of unplanned rumpy-pumpy between the late Emperor and Florence Lavigny, wife of Prince Aristide de Lavigny. As Ashling's mother wasn't married to the Emperor either, this gave the crown to Arissa. Ashling is not bitter about having missed out for the top job, not even slightly. Oh, no, not Ashling claims that she's been scheming with Nova Imperium figurehead Hadrian Duval to overthrow Arissa are entirely false, baseless, scurrilous rumours. Famed for her flowing blue locks, Princess Ashling has repeatedly denied disgraced ex-Princess Kahina Loren's claims that she wears an artificial hairpiece. Lorraine allegedly once threatened to reveal the bold truth of her claims, but failed to follow through on something that might have changed the course of galactic history. So just how much Wiggy Duval really is follically challenged remains a matter for speculation. Ashling frequently appears on chat shows on Imperial Holovid networks, one of her most memorable appearances was on Celebrity Pets in 3301, during which she declared that the pets in Senator Zemina Torval's private zoo were treated better than slaves are treated in the Empire. Princess Ashling has taken a strong and principled stand against slavery of all kinds. Her campaigning group Stop Slavery Stupid campaigned mainly against the non-imperial kind of slavery. But following the merger between that charity and Universal Liberty under the banner Unchain, she increased her campaigning for an end to the system of indentured labour known as imperial slavery. In June 3305, she bought 4,000 prematurely liberated slaves at Port Isabel in Iotiensis explaining that imperial slaves cannot simply be returned to the wild like animals. The Blue Rinse Princess has been romantically associated with Senator Denton Petraeus, with whom she had a dalliance in early 3301, with elderly Senator Caspian Leopold, with anti-slavery campaigner Jarl Teredo, and with Federal Ambassador to Semies, Jordan Rochester. There was a scandal in 3304 when Ashling became engaged to Ambassador Rochester after experiencing one of his diplomatic functions, only to have the engagement break up when it was discovered that she was spending her nights snuggled up with Jarl Teredo, who is known to be an expert with chains. Princess Duval 
is known throughout the galaxy as the supplier of prismatic shields, a form of much stronger shield, shaped like twin cones of invincibility around the ship. The prismatic princess continues to see much temporary loyalty from those keen to get a bit of the prismatic action for themselves. Tune in next week for another of the galaxy's powerful people. With the twisty writing in the script this week, we were hoping for a slip of the tongue. But, due to the seamless reading by Amelia, we'll just have to play this by Whitesnake. This here's Buck Naked, spokesman for Lacon Spaceways. Back again for this week's Hutton Top Trucker. How do we keep up with your shenanigans while you tootle around in the Milky Way? Why, we install this little piece of software called the Hutton Helper in your spaceship. If you ain't already got it installed, you can install it yourself, relatively pain-free, by going to the website hot.forthemug.com. Almost as pain-free as taking it up the rear. So let's get on to our top truckers this week. Yeehaw! From the explorers, jumping around like them bullfrogs down by the creek, Commander Bowl of Petunias jumped over 77,300 light years. Ribbit, ribbit. That's three weeks in a row now. And he still ain't run out of them little bags of pretzels neither. Commander Atik 2 ain't got relief from his itchy trigger finger yet, so he turned the despicably dirty do-batter Don Antonacci and his band of pathetic pirates into space dust for the third week in a row now. He racked up darn near 50 million credits worth of bounties while tearing the engines out of every one of the Don ships. Running missions like no other, Commander Brenolf racked in 551 mission points this week, making Miss Lael mighty proud of you. Loading up the new trailer attachment to the rear of a Lacon Type 9 and filling it to the brim, Commander Kuroi Kisume hauled over 55,000 tons of cargo around the galaxy for the third week in a row. Great job, Commander. But our top commander for buying cargo was Commander Cassie Online. But we have no idea what happened to those extra 20,000 tons, so we're not going to say nothing else about that. 
taking control of the Hutton High Speed Rail this week. We got our Major General Nocti delivering 7,183 passengers around the galaxy. Word is that his 3D printer is super busy and he had nothing better to do than shuttle people around. Proving the pizza deliveries are the real training to becoming a trucker. Our fastest run to Hutton Orbital is held by Commander Brett Riverboat in 1 hour, 22 minutes, and 31 seconds, which is also our fastest run so far in this month of January. If y'all think you got what it takes to beat this score, then download the Hutton Helper and get to flying. You want to hear your name on this here radio station? Make sure you got the Hutton Helper installed. Pick it up on the web at hot.forthemug.com and get to trucking. And don't forget, if you do hear your name called out and you ain't already got one, get in touch with us to get your very own Hutton decal for your ship. Hutton Top Trucker, brought to you by Lacon Spaceways, the only ships in the galaxy that come with a multi-pass so you can access any system anywhere. Legal disclaimer, multi-pass only good within the universe of the fifth element. No cash value cannot be transferred. Lake on Spaceways denies all medical, pathological, or mental effects against commanders. Yee-haw! Yes, thank you, Buck! Cool, they are raging through the show now. Um, but, but I've got on my desk here, I have been handed two leave slips. And the, the first leave slip says, Dear everybody, it's me, Cal. No, I'm busy. Can't be there. The second leave slip is actually from our very own Commander Palantir. Because uh, we gave him the week, we'd forgotten, we gave him the week off for a very, very good reason. Now, Flossie, are you there? Yes, I am, yes. Do you have anything you would like? Are you going to count us in? There's something we've got to say to, to Commander Palantir this week. Oh, yes. Okay, then. So Count, count us down. We are going to sing. I'm going to make you all sing. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh. Three, two, one, go. Happy birthday, Happy birthday to, to you. you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. And through the wonder of the internet, none of us were in time with each other. But happy birthday, Commander Palantir. Yes, he's 21. No, he's not. <clears throat> and many more. And many more. Yes. Um, to be fair, he I've heard worse. He's gone out. This, he's spending the evening in the company of Sandy Toxvig, I think, this evening, who apparently oh, is funnier White. than us. Yeah, funnier Andy than White. us. Oh yes, of course, and the delightful Mrs. Palantir as well, who was also partying at the weekend. And on so, next week's show, we have a special guest. <laughs> <laughs> Does she know yet? Um, anyway, he, he's going to kidnap her and bring her back in luggage. Uh, I mean, Sandy Toxvig, not not Mrs. Palantir. So, happy birthday, Commander Palantir, from everybody. Yes, network latency plus singing equals dough. Yes, Falco took, we know. It was deliberate. So, yes. 
Oh, and what else have we got? Oh, don't forget um, those of you that are messaging us about the ECM being in the UK. Boo, because you live miles and miles away. We're doing one the weekend before over in Texas. Keep an eye on the forum thread for that one as well. As soon as Buck's put some clothes on and gone to see a venue, then we'll know where we're going. But it's going to be on Saturday the 4th. So we've got two ECMs in two weeks. A Merkin one and a Cambridge one. Anyway, uh, we need to have a little recap because it looks like we foxed Litho. So um, we're not going to give any hints away, but we're going to go through the tunes from the top. At the very top of the script, I think you'll find, in the right order, numbers one, two, and three we have played already. I am going to ask Mike. Mike, the first tune was... I'm not at the top of the script, you moron. I'm waiting for my next bit. Nah, you see, I'm deliberately doing this. You've got time when we're talking, you see. <laughs> I'm going to kick you in the knackers next time I see you. cruel. Yep, it was very cruel. Kick him in the nets. He's forgotten what the first tune was. No, it's Nightlife Blues by North Down. I remember the tune. I liked it a lot. So Nightlife Blues by North Down. Okay. And um, Amelia, the second tune was... Shake a Tail Feather by the Blues Brothers. And Commander Wotherspoon? The third tune is Slip of the Tongue by Whitesnake. Ah, okay, well, we've had a few guesses. We're going to save, because nobody's got it right yet. We're going to save the guesses um, for after this next tune. So, uh, Mr. Snoz, Mr. Snoz, would you like to introduce our fourth tune of the evening, which we will paste into the chat channel? Not anymore, because you've made me go right to the top. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Let's go to the bottom now. Run, it, man. Yeah, Run. I, 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 having gone to the top, I'm now right to the bottom again. And um, as our next clue, and just in case you're all confused, I know I am, we're asking where your head's at, courtesy of Basement Jacks. And we're back. All oh, that cuts off very, very, very suddenly. I think we've broken the Hutton timer as well. It was saying there were 14 minutes left on that tune. And as much as we like it, I think 14 more minutes of the whistling was going to go right through Alvin. Make him run for the door. Right, well, we, we're getting towards the end of the show now. It's been a it's been a very busy, busy show. Um, but before we go any further, we've just been putting messages out there that I think we've foxed the litho breaker, but we do have an awful lot of guesses. And I can say so far, none of them are right. So while we're talking through the guesses, if you've got any more that you think might be right, um, well, should, should, we, should we recap the tunes, then do the guesses, because nobody's got it yet? Here we go. So we'll go back to the top again. Uh, Mr. Snoz, the first tune was... Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> <laughs> it's, in, it's in the chat channels. No. <clears throat> I'm making him run all the way to the top of the script. It's, we've printed it out in large format, so he's got to run up and down the uh, the studio here to find it as well. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll keep the script at the, the top this time. It's uh, Nightlife Blues by North Down, and I'm losing the world to live. Right. And then Amelia's song two was... Shake a Tail Feather by and Blues Brothers. Then Commander Wotherspoon, number three. Slip of the Tongue by Whitesnake. Song four was Where's Your Head At by Basement Jacks. And the guesses then. So um, I'm going to start with the very first one we had. Um, Falco's first guess was a premature theme guess that will probably be absolutely wrong with capital letters on every word. The recent birthday shenanigans, nightlife, also blues for those recovering. Nope. Falco... That was wrong. Next one, who was it? Amelia, do you want to take the next one? <laughs> yep. Um, also Falco. Uh, he says, never mind. I'll go with the Princess Ailing Duval as both songs 
have had a reference to blue. Commander Motherswood, would you like to mark that out of ten? Um, not very many. <laughs> not very many. Okay. Minus 65. It's the number of mugs um, that you should be delivering at each station out of ten, that one. Um, then okay. should we go with Flossie for the next guest? This was also from Falco, I think. Well, then you had to go with some white snake. Now I'm back to the birthday party. No, it's still not the birthday party, Falco. Um, Snores, are you at the middle of the script now? <laughs> no, he's not. He's not talking to me anymore. No. <laughs> no, um, he's not. No, oh. no. <laughs> he's he's, he's going to beat me up. So, Flossie, stand between me and Snores before he hits me with something. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Can I borrow your frying pan? No, stay away from me with yeah, the frying pan. <laughs> oh dear. Um, well, the next one was also Atrus. Are we leaving Europe at midnight? Well, we, 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 might, we might be twenty-four hours too early. <laughs> twenty-four hours too early, and um, no, it's not that. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, I thought you skip one. Okay, go, go on then, Snoz. You do the next one. Oh, the next one is Falco again. Has anyone else been guessing? Anyway, <laughs> nightlife party with the party with the night. Shake a tail feather. Probably was some dancing about. Blotting on a table, perhaps. Let's not go there. <laughs> slip, slip of the tongue. Perhaps some slurred speech by the end of the evening. Possibly, maybe. No, I don't. No. I think it's 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 pretty pretty far away. Okay, I'm now getting messages from people saying I'm being really mean to snoz. Now stop it. <laughs> you Welcome to my life. Yes. And thank it's you perfect. for saying that, that you're being mean. And um, then we've got, um, oh, Flossie, do you want to take the next one? Then Amelia, the next one. I'm just reading incoming messages. Uh, Joshington Bob, my guest for tonight, Colours of the Stars in O-B-A-F-G-K-M. Haven't we done that as a theme before? We, we have done, and I don't know how that fits. Mm. There, there was a B, a B, a W, so the large ones are blue and then the white ones I think he was going with. Maybe a retro, a retro guest from Josh there, I think. Yeah. Right, and <laughs> then Amelia, the next one. So Kai19848 says, Wait, is it oblique references to the mug going to Antarctica? What's the name of that ship again? That would be the Aurora Australis. <laughs> oh, dear. No, we've upset, we've upset um, Overlight <laughs> by using his old name. <laughs> yes, Overlight. we did call you Joshington Bob there, Overlight. It was for an anonymity's sake because you got it wrong. As did Kai one nine eight four eight, and then I, I'm going to who come out of this way. There's somebody, somebody else's guest. Is this a new person? There's no, it's not a new person. It's Commando Falco Took. Um, Him again. He, he's, again. He's he's good at guessing. He's not good at guessing right. <laughs> his 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 next guess is. Anybody fall down the stairs recently? And there's actually quite a good, quite a good sort of logic in this. He says, if so, they fell down, landed on their tail feather after slipping and landed in the basement. I think he deserves five out of ten for that. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, that's, 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 that's a, a good try. It, it, it's, it's not accurate, but it's a, it, it's a well-reasoned guess anyway. Well, look, we haven't had, um, we haven't had anybody right, so we're going to go through them again, again, again. So, Snoz, start running. Here we go. He's getting there. Oh, so if we, we, 
we're, we're gonna, okay. we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it, and we're gonna put emphasis on the right word. Then we're going to give it. Actually, we'll give it away because nobody's guessed it. Yes, this week the theme was pillows. Yes, that lovely soft location you like to rest your head. Because the first tune was Nightlife Blues by North Down. D- down, down, downy down. pillows. Oh, okay, down or night. Night and down, yes. And the second one, Commander Wotherspoon. I'm going to switch it around this time. Well, it's Shake a Tail Feather. Ah, Feather Pillows. Okay. Then, Amelia. Slip of the tongue. Of course, for your pillow slip. And, Uh of course, a pillow is where your head's at, of course. Where do you... And, and you know, Falco Took is sort of right in what he's just pasted in. Because he says it was boobs then, and well, strangely <laughs> enough, <laughs> strangely enough, you just have to listen to the very last song we're going to play in a minute. But all we remains to say is, look, thank you very much indeed to our listener, um, or to and to our watchers. Um, thank you very much to Commander Wotherspoon for coming on the show live with us this week and coming up with a new segment that seems to be well loved. Hurrah! Um, thank you very much for Snoz and his new microphone. You're not so welcome. The mellifluous tones of Dead Meat GF and his well-tuned microphone. Thank you very much. To Commander Flossie, who is so full of information, it keeps us going each week. Thank you very much. And, of course, the completely untun-twisted Amelia. For the mug! Are we going to make you do it? No, we're not going to make you do it one more time. You can do it By one the- more time. You're going to do it one more time before we go. One more time before we go. And actually, we had a message from Spidermind as well, saying that we're all a bunch of um, cunning wordsmiths can I, for this can one. I, can, I, can I just say, Meteor has guessed the last song. That's good. Oh. You've just given away... Somebody guessed the last song, but we've given it away. Oh, okay. Well, congratulations for doing... Yes, for predicting the next one as well and no 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 listen well Brayton, didn't get it yes it was the feathers the down the slips putting your head down etc but are you ready amelia yes third time's the charm i'm gonna trip you up on this one <laughs> so they stepped into their latest venture by inventing something no one had ever thought of before a table not just any table but a table for your table Tabletop gaming will never be the same again as your tabletop tabletops, your standard tabletop and stops your standard tabletop game from being ruined by topple tipple washing over your top, standing on cute little legs. The level up lifts a level up a little, no, lifts the level up a little, so you can place your board on board and keep the tabletop that's under for things you don't want on top. I messed up there. Well, we did say the third time with the child. So, look, good night, everybody. And uh, I haven't forgotten anybody, have I? Happy birthday again to you, Dead Meat, for last week. Happy birthday to Palantir for this week. And I'm sure there are many others of you that we've been trying to keep up with saying happy birthday to on the pages, too. Have a wonderful week. Uh, Keep on trucking those mugs in the hot mess. We will catch you uh, same place, same time, 2030 GMT next Thursday, when we might have a cow back. And we're hoping to invite some special guests. But other than that, um, it is uh, time for our last tune. And everybody guessed it. Yes, because uh, everybody needs a bosom for a pillow. It is Brimful of Asher uh, by Corner Shop. Shop. (laughs) For the mug. (laughs) For the mug. For the mug. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the show. 
everybody is buggered off now, so why don't you bugger off? Before you get all sorts here, smells like it too. Murph, horrible stains, marigolds. There you go. Don Dick. It says here, next. My dear man, cock. Like an obese child. No. Teabag. What's that? What? It's the 34th century. What's that? Patient. Nada. Sounds of Jesse, because it is Michelle. This is Beyond Dockers. Dockers. Beyond Dockers, a mockumentary podcast available at bs-dockers.com. Also on iTunes. Night all.